0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans Markets. And if you love burgers, you're gonna to want to go down to the Lake Oswego and the Macadam
1: store on Thursdays. They have their their burger Thursdays are back for the summer because they have nice little spots to eat in both of those those locations. And you can order a delicious burger there with all the toppings and fries and of course great selection of beverages to enjoy with that in the store uh, while you're there. Burger Thursdays
0: at Zupans. What else you got going there, Court? Well, one of my favorite things about summer is the great uh, sausage selection that you get at the meat counter at your local Zoo Pans. And this summer, uh, they've got some uh, featured flavors right now is the sausage trio. We're talking bacon cheeseburger. I had this last year, and it was unbelievable. In fact, one of the guys behind the counter told me how to do it. It's a double R ranch beef with pork, bacon, pickles, red onion, and cheddar added into the sausage itself. But you you treat this sausage the way you might an actual cheeseburger you dress it up with like lettuce and tomato Um, maybe if you're a mayo person on your burgers you put that on and it tastes like a bacon cheeseburger but it's a sausage it's and easy to do man you don't have to pat anything out season it you just throw it on the grill Nope. But they also have a jalapeno cheddar sausage or a hatch chili chicken uh, sausage. So many different varieties for you to choose from at your local Zoo Pans. Well, in addition to those three that you mentioned, I'm going to guess there's probably 15 more in
1: the mm-hmm. in the meat department. So meat department there, the fish uh, selection, uh, I think we're in Chinook season now. So good time to check out Zoo Pans uh, for all the great things you want to grill and cook. Up for summer and of course we got july 4th coming they'll have you covered there with hot dogs wagyu hot dogs
0: oh that sounds good yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm in three locations to serve you you got mcadam west burnside and lake oswego and of course you can find all the details you could ever hope for where zoopans.com where you subscribe to the news feed All right. Here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host, Court Johnson. Thank you for the introduction, Court. You do that so well. Thank you. I've got it down to a, a science.
1: I think we'll, we, you want to sign a long... Let's sign a long-term contract. We're, co- we're partners in this. We'll sign yes. each other. You sign me, I'll sign you. All right. We'll mm-hmm. keep
0: it going. There may be people out there that would just rather have you. I'm guessing Oh, no 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 no. When there are those times where, you know, you're on vacation or doing one of your Portland food adventure trips and I fill in, I really have a huge appreciation for what you do because you're such a good conversationalist. Like you have conversations with people, you don't interview them, you con- you have a conversation whereas w- when I do it, it's it's an interview and so props to you, Chris.
1: Well, first of all, we all think it's an interview, but I prefer to have conversations because yeah. this isn't 60 minutes and right. uh, but you're a professional, man. You you make it sound like a conversation and but you approach it from, you know, you did morning, you still do <laughs> morning radio for years. I don't think you're yeah. doing many interviews these days. Nope. But Not in like the I days where you did, you you know, you had three minutes. So you had questions. You can you couldn't have a conversation necessarily. Yeah. We did. We did man, I, I miss when I used to come in to kink in the mornings when you actually had to come in to the studio right. mm-hmm. for your three minutes. Um, I miss that. That was great. So yeah. but you but that, there's a difference when you're doing three minute
0: you can't have a conversation, right? You can't yeah. have a conversation. It's like here's the question set up. You answer it. Boom. We're moving on.
1: Right. So, you know, there were the days, a little insider thing where I came to the podcast with 10 questions and I would check them off and try to get there. And then I learned we weren't covering all of them, that there were tangents to go down that were actually kind of more interesting than what you might read on eater anyway. So, uh, and the podcast is about people and not necessarily businesses. Um, But in the course of that, we cover their restaurants or whatever they're doing, and that's cool, but... Um, it's not, this is not, this is more about people and that's what we enjoy is the backstories. It's what I, when I started Portland food adventures years ago, that was the idea to get people to go into restaurants and feel like they got to know the chefs, that they were friends. And, yeah. uh, when they came back in, they were welcome. Same thing on our trips. When you go back into Urdaneta after you've been to Basque country with them for 10 days, you have, a, you have a pretty cool experience going on with that. And so those are what we do. And speaking of, we have one available, a trip to Basque Country next April again, fourth one. We also just added Hawaii with Vitaly and Kimberly Paley next May. Opportunity to go see what they're up to after moving there uh, about 10 months ago. And by the time we go, they will have been there almost two years with lots of new friends, relationships, experiences. That's going to be awesome. But that is what Portland Food Adventures, and that's what this podcast was meant to do, was get to know these wonderful people who make up our great food scene. Because I mm-hmm. always thought, you know, they have more stories than the cooking that they do. We've never right. really discussed a recipe on this podcast. But, you know, to me, they were our celebrities. Our, we, didn't ha- we, didn't, we don't have... I wish we'd have a beefier sports celebrity uh, repertoire in Portland than we do. We've got two teams, really, mm-hmm. basketball and soccer. Um, I hope we get baseball. I don't think it's going to happen, but, man, they're going to expand. So um, this I always felt it was uh, – Sports celebrities, you don't really get to know them very well. Here's an opportunity to go into someone's house, into their kitchen, and get to know them intimately. And so on this podcast, we wanted to find out about people's pasts and what brought them. That's why it's called Right at the Fork. If anybody ever wondered, what, uh, along the way, we take rights at the fork and lefts at the fork. And how did you get to where you are? And that's... What this is all about. So, speaking of rights at the fork, if, you get, if you're if you leaving Portland and you just take, go out 84, you're going to be able to take a right and get off in Troutdale. Is it Troutdale? Yes, it's Troutdale. Yeah,
0: it's Troutdale, yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And go to Sugar Pine Drive-In, and we thought, right now, summer just started a week ago, and people are going to be out and about, and we thought, featuring Ryan and Emily at uh Sugar Pine would be the perfect thing to do. Their place is very popular. However, it's worth going to no matter what the wait is and they have you can just go up and get some ice cream and drive right up. Um but uh it's worth the wait. Everything they do is really spectacular using local ingredients and they're very mindful of sustainability and one and uh, and positive employment practices so um this is a good one we love it you've already this will be the second time we've uh, we've repeated it and it's worth repeating for those who haven't heard
0: yeah, I, we repeated it last September um, because despite – so it was a year ago we had this conversation with Emily and Ryan. Um, but then I had my first experience at Sugar Pine in September, kind of at the end of the season. And in just in my conversation with Emily and Ryan there at the drive-in, they were pointing out that they were entering the slow season. So it felt very important to me to make sure – sugar Pine remained on people's radar just because it easily the best drive-in food that I've ever had. Cause it's hard to define it as drive-in food. It's just elevated food. It's delicious. And um, to your point, you know, Emily and Ryan are doing much more than just, you know, making food,
1: making food. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, maybe we should do this, have this uh, uh, designation or some kind of award. I'm going to put, Sugar Pine Drive-In on, on the list of iconic Oregon experiences that you must do. Ex- must do. Oh, if, you, yeah. if you live here or even are visiting and you need something on the list that you got to do if you're here when they're open. Oh, that's one of them. You know, I used to say plate and pitchfork dinners. Sadly, they're closing their era right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe they have a 20% off opportunity for the last season to go to plate and pitchfork dinner, so might want to check that out, com, but I'm going to say that Sugar Pine is right up there with the iconic experiences. I've got some coastal experiences I'm always happy to share, which we have on the podcast, and uh, you know some other places you must go in Portland, too, and this is one of them, Sugar Pine. It's not in Portland, per se, but it's a Portland experience. It's right outside. It's for Portlanders and Oregonians and visitors.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures.
1: All right. This would be, I believe, the first time we have had podcast guests on from uh, a time zone on the other side of us who got up very early to do this. I assume you weren't up much earlier. It's seven o'clock in the morning for you, Ryan and Emily and in Hawaii. So thank you so much for taking a little time out of your well-deserved and uh, pretty rare vacation, I understand.
3: Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having us. Um, definitely a rare vacation. But I have to say, we really love what you guys do on this podcast. It's one of the very few that we listen to. Um, love listening to a lot of different like local chefs talking about what their experiences are, especially in the last couple of years. So it's been really helpful just listening to these episodes that you've created with Court and just thanks for doing this.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Now we're all done. That's the best news I've heard all day. So, no, I, I, it's great to hear that you're actually listeners. So, uh, thank you so much. That doesn't always happen, and it doesn't certainly open the podcast with that information. So, uh, and, and I will say this. I love what you do, and I have wanted to talk to you for a long time. So, when this opportunity came up, through the book that you're that you're participating in, I was... I was delighted and thought, oh, good, now we can finally find a way to uh, get them on the podcast. So um, what you're doing is unbelievable. I'm also not only a fan of exactly the sugar pine and exactly what it feels like when you go there and the excellent food, but I'm a fan of yours because you all decided to move to the gorge at some point and then build your business around that I think that's great because there is a kind of a provincial mindset in Portland and I think it's going away after the pandemic that Portland is all there is southeast Portland and northeast Portland and northwest Portland it isn't and you've proven that with sugar pine I
4: I agree um there was a when we first moved out to Corbett in the Columbia River Gorge we were curious too we were like if we we saw this cute little um, building on the side of the Sandy River that used to be a snacks and tackle shop and we always uh, just drove by it and we're like, what if we did something there? What if we put something in there? Like, would people come? Would it be everything we thought it would be? And um, we just took a gamble. And uh, I think it really paid off.
1: It's real. why don't we, for the uninitiated, because there are a few. Tell them a little. Tell us a little bit about Sugar Pine and what makes it different, and what it's all about. Sure.
3: Yeah, I'm happy to, to take that on. Uh, Sugar Pine's a renovated 1920s gas station that was turned into a drive-through and concession stand. It's uh, it's set on the banks of the Sandy River in Troutdale, right in the Sandy River Delta. We're all set mile marker zero of the historic Columbia River Highway. We're just set right on the edge of the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. It's a really special place with a lot of history. At Sugar Pine Drive-In, we serve up nostalgic Americana with a twist. That's kind of how we say it. Uh, American comfort food classics with a seasonal spin. We also like to call it uh, Farm to Drive-In. So what we're doing is sandwiches, salads, soft-serve ice cream, and classic refreshments. We use modern technique and some global ingredients to kind of re-envision these beloved American dishes in a sort of a fast service format. Uh, no burgers, fries, or shakes. Uh, everything we serve has a story and was inspired by something from the past. So, like a novelty or a classic flavor combination, or an old recipe.
1: So it's like drive-in. It's like drive-in with a real. Portland uh sprinkling Portland all over it because it's not what you would expect necessarily
3: exactly we, we knew we were creating a destination restaurant um, we're you know like we said we're 25 minutes outside of downtown Portland we wanted to create something that was unique that was approachable that was also a surprise um so you know you can see it uh Throughout the menu, we're doing a lot of things that aren't quite necessary with the details of the food, and it's not what you quite expect when you come into a, an old drive-in restaurant, but we love that. We wanted to give people something different, and, uh, and also sort of uh, an homage to the past.
1: How much of a gamble was it? Did you have any idea? I mean, when I drive by there mm. now, or to there, and see the lines, did you have any idea it was going to take off the way it did?
3: Absolutely not. It's been a whirlwind. We've just been constantly adjusting to try to find a way to manage the volume of people coming through the gorge and coming to the restaurant. You know, I think uh, in the summers, we are serving somewhere between 1,500 and 2,400 people a day for lunch between the 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. hours, and it's a 600-square-foot kitchen. It really is just a little... Old bait and tackle shop actually once was a gas station as well built in the 1920s we started out in 2018 with a staff of five people and now we have usually between 30 and 35 people uh on a shift helping us serve all these people that are coming out here it's it's just astonishing
1: in, and that that's they're all in 600 square feet or are there is that if that's incredible,
3: yeah, if you've been to the restaurant, you see we kind of spread the front of house uh, in quotations, you know out into sort of the customer area. We've got people working in the parking lot directing customers to parking spaces. We've got people like helping tables uh, as far as like busing and 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 such out near the tree line. We've also got this little cool food truck that serves wine food from my brother
1: Darren uh you know that all of a sudden it dawned on me that's something I could do at a restaurant <laughs> is direct traffic that'd probably be the only thing i'd be good for um so that so and and it begs the question right now uh with the labor shortage how's that you know you're how's that working for you this year and last year how how did that was that an obstacle for you
3: yeah um you know we're so fortunate to have uh adequate staffing at this point you know we made a really a good push earlier in the year to get staffed up um and um you know we've really spent time in the last few years focusing on a lot of things that are going to help us uh recruit and maintain a great staff um it's one of the areas we think that we are uh, succeeding in and I think for us, like the most important thing day in and day out is like the culture of our restaurant. You know, last year we saw during the pandemic sort of this just renaissance of like these ideas about what a sustainable restaurant looks like, um, what a toxic restaurant looks like, what uh, chef owners should, how they should behave. And we, you know, really had some time over the last couple of years to re-envision what we set out to do and just focused on lots of little things that we think put our staff first. Um, and um, yeah, maybe Emily can talk a little bit more about that.
4: Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've really just doubled down and really wanted to focus on um, retaining staff. But even prior to that, we opened Sugar Pine in, with the intention of creating a different type of restaurant. Um, our hours—they're a little odd. It's like 11 to 5, and that was so that everybody could go home. That works for us. Could like have dinner with their families and have a really sustainable life. And like the maximum anybody can work is like 10 hours in a day. We really just tried to make it a little bit more sustainable for our staff and their families.
1: Well, that's interesting because I was before you said that I was going to say, well most everybody through the pandemic was trying to figure out how to make it more sustainable and palatable for staff. And then you've got, a, I think, a little different, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a challenge or not, but you're out there. So you, in terms of drawing from, you know, the pool of uh, labor in Portland, you can do that. But, you know, let's face it, Portland isn't a very big commuting city. Everybody wants to be nearby. Mm -hmm. So... Do you have that too or, you know, I have to commend you because I know a lot of restaurants have started out with your intentions or adjusted, but they have, still haven't been able to find that sweet spot in keeping people.
4: That's not to say we don't have any turnover. I mean, we do have a few people that have come and gone uh, since we started. We do have a lot of people that commute though, um, whether it's just from Northeast Portland, it's like, you know, 20 minutes or less. Um, we also have a lot, you know, like, as people are spreading out from downtown, they're they're out in, like, in the outsides of Portland. We also recruit a lot from the local community. So we have a number of people that live in Corbett or Gresham or Troutdale that work for us as well. We do have a couple of people who are, like, super dedicated and are driving quite a distance, um, you know, from, like, Oswego
1: that's a raise, that's a you know that's where i used to live and i'd go and i'd go to um you know the park out there what thousand acres or what did we used to call it sandy river delta i did that yeah. until, my, until my labradoodle was attacked by a pit bull and i thought okay i'm not driving all this way for that <laughs> any longer <laughs> but uh yeah. and when i did that sugar pine didn't exist so i would have loved to have uh, had a second reason to drive out there from where i was but um So uh, you developed something pretty special and different. And I'm sure you knew that going in, but still you had that kind of geographic distance from the Portland food scene. But then also you had a connection, you know, you've been connected to uh, siblings in the market and so forth, and a lot of positive things going on with social media to help people understand. so in order for that to happen, you two had to have some pretty good chops going in, in terms of how to put this together and recipes and so forth. And then I'm gonna to add to that that it wouldn't have been possible. I don't really know you two, but I, mm-hmm. have, I know of you. And I'm sitting here looking at you now and I can, I can get a feel for it. But it would not have been poss- possible without the love you have for each other, too. I think that is what drives a lot of what uh, what everybody's able to enjoy at the restaurant. So let's talk a little bit about your food pasts that uh, got you to where you are today and what enabled you to, to be able to have the confidence that we can build this and we can build something pretty
0: cool.
4: Yeah, yeah you bet. Um, I grew up in Corvallis, so just a little bit um, south of Portland. And um, my mother was an avid gardener. I was always like out in the garden and I really had a deep connection to fresh produce growing up. And I just loved restaurants and I worked like all through high school in restaurants and just decided to pursue a culinary career and um, got my associates at Western Culinary, if you know what that was back in the day. Um After that, I worked at Andina and Gotham Tavern. And then when that closed, um, I retained close ties with all the chefs from there, um, so like Tommy Habits, Jason Barakowski, Naomi Pomeroy, Gabriel Rucker, uh, Eric van Clay. Were um, They were all in management positions at that restaurant. And I'm Naomi, owner. Um, and so I worked at Beast for a long time. When that opened, I helped open Toro Bravo after I took a long trip to Spain. and um,
1: I've never heard of any of these places. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Every place you mentioned is deeply rooted in our Portland food scene, and things have changed so much that there are people, if they just moved here, they're not gonna know. You know, there are plenty of people who will know who those people are and what those places are, but I'm a little sad that a lot of people aren't gonna know, you know, the newer folks. And that's okay, things change. But that's incredible, that list of places that you just read off, that is a list of the iconic Portland restaurants that built this incredible food scene. So, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm just impressed with I didn't know all those all that you were at all those places and helped open such incredible places.
4: Yeah, I feel really blessed. Um, I've, I I always used to joke it's like 3 3 degrees of separation from Gotham like <laughs> in the Portland restaurant scene how it used to be for quite a few years and then um But after that, uh, Ryan and I met at a rooftop pool party in Brooklyn, he was living out there um, and he made these incredible sliders. And I I tried one and I was like, oh my God, who made this? And that's how we met. (laughs) Uh, We did long distance for a while before I moved out to Brooklyn and um, worked at Roberta's as a kitchen manager. And Ryan was managing Pock Pock. and I'll let him tell more about his history.
1: Yeah, so those... wait a minute. When you're talking about Brooklyn, yeah, you're not talking about Brooklyn, Portland area. You're t- so I'm just curious how this all worked out because I knew, I certainly know Ryan, your brother, Matt, mm-hmm. who was Portland. So how did you end up in Brooklyn? And Emily happened to go out there to have cheeseburgers by this guy who's got Portland connections. How did that work?
3: Yeah, it's uh, taking me back thinking about it. But um, 2008, I lost my job in advertising. I was working uh, as an account executive for, like, doing some jobs for Nike and Adidas. It's We of have something in
1: common, my friend. I've lost a few jobs in advertising.
3: Yeah, it's, fun. Like- <laughs> it's a fun time. Um, now, I was re-envisioning what my life would look like, and I always knew that I, I wanted to do something in food. I was just kind of wasn't sure how to do it. So, um, I applied at a coffee shop. And then I started working at a a counter service brewery called the Lucky Labrador, uh, which solidified my love for counter service. Shout out to Gary Geist. Good guy. Um, Was there for probably a little over a year, but worked my way from dishwasher to assistant manager within the course of about six to eight months. Um, and I kind of had this idea that I wanted to you know, cut my teeth in fine dining so um, or try to work for the Food Network, which was my big plan, but didn't work out. Made my way out to Brooklyn, New York, and um, opened a few different restaurants out there, um, one of them being Pock uh, Pock Poc and Red Hook. I uh, got to work with uh, Andy Ricker uh, during a time of crazy growth for that company. Um, and it was just a huge learning experience for me. Um, really exciting, uh, just this hand built restaurant that was, uh, like nothing I'd ever seen. It took so many people to execute that menu at that such a high level. I mean, we were serving all kinds of crazy celebrity chefs, uh, three hour wait in the middle of nowhere in, in, uh, you know, the South of Brooklyn and, you know, It was just really fun and, and, uh, you know, got to work with a great service manager there, uh, Matthew Adams, um, and just learned so much. But yeah, I was throwing a 4th of July party um, for the staff and Emily was a friend of a friend and was visiting and somebody said, Hey, you got to meet this girl. Uh, She was on Iron Chef America with Naomi Pomeroy. And that was like, all right, I got to, I got to talk to her. So.
1: Did did Portland come up? I'm sorry to keep saying that, but I'm just trying to make this connection. Did uh, mm-hmm. did Portland come up in the conversation, like, you had to meet this girl from Portland?
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. There were some people that were at pop that were, you know, co- co-workers that were from Portland. And we made that connection uh, right away. Um, we spent a little bit more time in New York. Like Emily said, she moved started working at Roberto's. I worked at Roberto's for a little bit as well and in mobile catering, did a stage over at 11, 11 Madison park for a little, little while. And then, um, wow. we started That's talking about stage. what, what, uh, we really wanted to do. And we always knew that moving back to Portland, uh, had to be a reality for us. We loved just the community here. Um, also the access to great food, great ingredients, We knew that we wanted to build a food business together eventually. We never thought it would be a restaurant, but we also really know we wanted to live and build a business in the Columbia River Gorge. It's just our favorite place.
4: Yeah, so we came back and started a catering company and did a ton of weddings and um, just other events. We would do events for like 10 people and just like make these crazy curated fine dining experiences. Um, it was it was fun. It wasn't very lucrative at the time. But um, when we opened Sugar Pine, part of our business plan was just to have a catering kitchen in the location that was a little bit closer to home. And um, I think in our business plan, we were like, well, if we sell... It was like 20 sandwiches a day. And then <laughs> it, was, it was just silly. Like we were like, then we'll make it, I guess. I mean, we'll, we'll be okay. And then it just took off. From the first weekend we opened, there was a line like out the door, around the corner. We just had um, Ryan's brother, Matt, my brother, Jackson, my mom, Kathy. Uh for the first weekend. It was that was it. It was just the five of us just sweating. And so we immediately like called our catering staff and were like, Hey, can you guys come? And we just like really opened it like on a shoestring and a wish. So, and so was, after,
1: I <laughs> would love to have been a fly on the wall after that first weekend when you both looked at each other and said, What the fuck? What do we yeah. have to do now? <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, our friends would come in and just see, like, the terror in my eyes and be like, can I help? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, put on the apron. Let's go. So you must yeah. have sold out,
1: right? Because you were thinking if we could sell 20 sandwiches and then, boom, I don't know how many it was that first weekend, but it had to be crazy.
4: Yeah, well, since we were used to doing catering, I don't think we sold out of anything. We were, like, ready for... Large numbers just in case Um and we're like really Well accustomed to doing large Uh production So um yeah it, We just like didn't sleep Very much for the first month tell you For that the first much.
1: couple of years uh, yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> <you're> Sleeping yet?
4: <laughs> yeah well we're on vacation Uh for, for the first time since the pandemic Uh we, we decided that Um things that calmed down enough that we were able to take uh, 10 days away from uh, the restaurant and our team. And we're just like we said earlier, we're really trying to model that good behavior of taking care of yourself and your mental health and just creating a really safe space. And so if if we don't do it, then nobody else will. So um, just trying to model that as well.
1: Well, 10 days is a, good, is a good model, right? Because it doesn't become sustainable until you don't have to touch it every minute. So yeah. <laughs> when you know you can get away for 10 days, uh, then someday you know you can get away for a month, um, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that, but, you know, that's something that a lot of people in the industry don't, don't work towards. They don't realize it, and they don't get there. Eventually, I mean, that's why a lot of people, I think this mm-hmm. pandemic was a reset for a lot of people. Was it a reset for you? Um, I don't, I'm g- guessing it didn't affect you too much because you know, your clientele, your customers are outside, right? You didn't have as many issues to mm-hmm. deal with as, as many other restaurateurs. I mean, I, I think... We definitely had
3: challenges, but I think the restaurant was poised to be um, able to survive. Um, the pandemic uh, just offered up so many different challenges, but just being an, an all outdoor seating restaurant, I think it gave it some, some comfort um, for our guests, uh, just being able to eat outside in the fresh air. We... That's also, we sort of a destination it. restaurant as well, where, you know, people could drive out of the city and feel like they were just, you know, almost, almost on vacation, you know, just like taking a, a retreat out to this, you know, sort of natural space with a little restaurant on it. And I think that made people feel really good. We yeah, also no, were...
1: That's, uh, we, we saw it out on the coast, too. Everybody was getting out of town and that was their vacation. That was it for the day or the week.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: I think also just being able and set up to do high volume takeout was something we were already doing. Um, and so, you know, we added an online store, we reduced our hours from, you know, we were doing 11 to seven originally. And then we took it back 11 to five because it was just like, everything was taking such a toll on us. We really did a lot of things to just make it easier on us, easier on our staff and really thought about okay, well, what? Why are we just chasing more and more and more? Why don't we refocus and figure out how to make this work in the long term? So that's what we
1: did. And your lives too—not just the business being sustainable, but your your lives. And I think that is pretty cool that you did some thinking about that, and uh, and and your your employees benefit by that too. That yeah. that mindset. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79 over 79
1: years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80 year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome, and um, it's really nice spot to eat. They have they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court?
0: Yeah, I was just... Telling you this off air, Chris, I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, you had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I, I finally did um, because there's so many great items to choose from and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive fed Wagyu and it, easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I yeah. like, I was dumbfounded by it.
1: It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have you know a couple of times you get to say, just like you did, that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they, yeah. have, it, they have different options, too. So Olive, Olive Fed is just one of them.
0: The food the food is delicious. And the service is absolutely, bar none, the best in town. We had Colin serving us and just the best service the entire night, best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go.
1: Yeah, it will be, just go in there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So uh and they also have food to go now and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner ringside steaks are on sale. So that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here. 4:30 to 9 Monday through Thursday, 4
0: to 9:30 Friday and Saturday and 4 to 9 on Sunday. And of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website ringsidesteakhouse.com or on the OpenTable app.
1: One of the things I wanted to talk about was the gorge and your love for the gorge because you were drawn there, you moved there. What are some of the uh, the things that you still get to do that you enjoy or some of the things you really enjoyed before you are? you started Sugar Pine that you'd like to get back to out in the gorge, are or you, are you spend a lot of time on the river, on the mountain, uh, you know, in Mount Hood area, what's, what's the deal?
4: Yeah, we do a ton of hiking uh, with our dog, uh, just checking out the waterfalls, it's so great. Um, you know, everybody refers to the Columbia River Gorge as like Portland's playground, and um, before and after the Eagle Creek fires. I felt like that was like a huge talking point, but there's so many activities in our neighborhood. It's it's pretty outstanding. Um, There's a lot of resources on the Mount Hood and Columbia River Gorge tourism site, which um, we just worked with them on this uh, cookbook where we contributed. Um, Our recipe was um, part of our Larch Mountain Sunday, which is a signature that we have at Sugar Pine. it it pays homage to um large mountain which is uh one of our favorites for hiking and foraging
1: it's beautiful up there i I made it to the i drove up to the top once and it's pretty incredible so uh it's it's something beautiful yeah it does something that doesn't leave your psyche once you've been there so as soon as i saw that you're that you were named at Larch Mountain it automatically conjures up positive things.
4: Yeah, our our catering company was called Large Provisions as well um, when we used to do large um, catering events. So we also wanted to tie that in, but it's. Um, there's so much to see. There's so many farms. You like drive past lavender fields, you see beehives. There's tons of flowers and greenery. There's conifers and pine trees. Um, it's just like rocky boulders. All the way up to that drive is just stunning. Um, you pass blueberry farm. So we really wanted to tie all that in into one Sunday. So we do like a vanilla chocolate swirl with blueberry lavender sauce. Pine nut honeycomb crunch, and then um, these like really awesome chewy, uh, delightful brown butter blondies uh, to serve as like the rocky component. And um, in our Sunday, it's we we try to touch on texture a lot with our f- food so that it's like. Really that experience So like the crunch of the pine nut honeycomb crunch The smooth richness of the ice cream The like Chewiness of Blondies So um, if you ever want to check out that recipe It is um, In a free downloadable book That's available in both English and Spanish You can uh, digitally download it At www.hood-gorge.com um, and within that, um, there's a lot of other resources just for visiting and touring the Gorge, just at that same website. So really check it out if you want to come check out our Neck of the Woods.
1: And also, aren't there some other recipes, too, from some other chefs and restaurants in the, in the area as well? Yeah,
3: some of our favorites. I think there's a pizza on there from uh, the folks over at Solstice in Hood River. A
1: cherry, where... pi- a cherry pizza?
3: Yeah, looks amazing. We love those guys, we're always so, talking, talking
1: to them. So I've been, I've been going to Double Mountain all these years for pizza because I love it, and that's pretty close to my roots in New Haven, but you're telling me I, I, need, to, I need to divert and, well, I don't know if you're telling me that, but this book is telling me I need to go try a cherry pizza.
3: Ooh, I don't know if I want to say that uh, all the pizza in Hood River is fantastic, but oh, um, yeah, we've got a we've got <laughs> a collaboration cider as well from Double Mountain that we've got on tap exclusively at Sugar Pine, so definitely um, go well, to Double listen, Mountain.
1: All I was saying is I need to go somewhere else once in a while. I yeah. still love Double Mountain with all. My, I've been up. Listen, I'm in Manzanita, and I've been here eight years. I've probably been to Double Mountain twenty times in that period of time so yeah no it's a it's a worthy destination and it's where i stop all the time but at any rate all i'm saying is there are some other things up there because i can tend to get single-minded oh yeah nice to get new suggestions yeah there's uh
4: solstice beautiful it's right on the the river too um it's on the columbia in front of like this park and you can watch the wind surfers it's a real experience as well it's awesome
1: Cool, and there's also the uh, what's the name of the fish place in um, uh, that's in the book as well. I'm trying to think of um, Cascade Locks. in Cascade Locks. Yes, what is the name of that?
4: That's Brigham Fish Market. They have a really cool recipe for some salmon meatballs. Why didn't that's they call them salmon awesome fish
1: balls? That's when I saw that. I was like, it should be fish balls, or not? I guess there's there's fish meat. <laughs> in there <laughs> so, yeah so uh how was that working so is that uh, when when you when did the author did the publishers come to you about that did you have a hard okay. time deciding what recipe you wanted to use or did you immediately say this is the one this is the one we're gonna do
4: um the The authors, um, Lizzie from Hood Gorge, is uh, she's a regular at our restaurant, and um, we've known her for quite a while. So um, when she approached us, we were delighted to be included. Um, we really love everything about the gorge, um, and there's so much to see and do. Whether you're like taking a leisurely drive on the Fruit Loop and checking out all the apple farms and cherry farms and like mountain view orchard is out there which is beautiful there's there's it's just stunning vistas wherever you go um between proutdale and hood river and uh, the surrounding um and so we were really excited the reason we just thought to include the larch was because it really ties to our uh, area of the gorge which is Large Mountain and the Sandy River. We haven't come up with a Sandy River Sunday yet, but we're working on it. We're workshopping it.
1: I think it's, for me, it would have to be something that's got something to do with dogs. That's the word. I, I mm. You know, my, my dear dog, Oakley, you used to spend a lot of time in the Sandy River. So, by the way, I noted I was looking at your Instagram. We both lost seventeen-year-old dogs last year mm-hmm. around the same time, um, mm-hmm. and you have another dog now too. Did you? Is that mm-hmm. a dog that you? Did you? Did your dog learn from? Was it? Uh, your dog's name was uh, Elijah or Eli.
4: Eli.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Eli. Did um, your, Did the current dog do a lot of learning? I I am a big proponent of how that worked out because I saved myself a lot of anguish uh, and got a wonderful dog out of it. The dog benefit, Kodak now, benefited from it too. So I'm just curious to hear your experience.
4: Yeah, we got got our dog uh, June, um, six years ago, to keep Eli young. Um, he was starting to get a little bit, um, having a harder time walking and stuff. And it really just revived his spirit. He's, he's such a, a, a cherished member of our family even still. Um, but, uh, I don't know if June learned very much from him. <laughs> She's kind of her own spirit, but, um, but, Nonetheless, they're both wonderful But
1: Eli, Eli, if my math is correct, was around another five years after, after that five or six years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my Oakley, we had, I was trying to plan it with when I thought we were maybe a year or two. away. Well, you don't know. And we got mm-hmm. three years of joy out of him. And yes, I understand where he's still part of your family. Uh, I'm still posting in my memories feed on Facebook. He's still there every day. So I'm still. Mm-hmm. I'm, he's still with us in many ways. So, sorry for your loss, Chris. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's hard for us to talk about too. Um,
3: but you know, it's just hard to have a, It's hard to have pets when you you know run a restaurant. I, I, I can't. I don't know why we did it. Um, uh, but we we did our best, um, and uh, we created a place that's dog friendly too, which we love. Um, so if you've ever been to sugar pie you'll, you'll notice just dogs running around everywhere. Um, it's pretty fun for us. Uh, I don't know if it's fun for everyone, but, um, apparently dogs like to eat ice cream too. So we sort of these things called pup cups that people buy a lot for their dogs in the drive through or at the walk-up window. And, um, that's a fun, it's a fun sight. Uh, we joke that we're mostly a dog restaurant at this point, but, uh, it's, it's, well, they're better
1: customers. They don't. They'll never leave you a shitty Yelp review. That much I can tell you. know, uh, and they're <laughs> very appreciative. You know, you know they're loving everything.
3: I think uh, one of your previous guests, uh, uh, Bill Oakley, he hit us in our first six months of being open, actually, and uh, he was in this phase of really, he really loved. He was going for the negative on us, um, which I think you know a lot of it was truthful. Uh, we really didn't know what we were doing at that time, but um, but it was it's fun to see him on the uh, on the podcast with you too.
1: Yeah, well, that was a surprise for me. Court took over while I went away, so uh, <laughs> I was interested to hear from him. I didn't know that he had uh, that he had done that. We kind of lost Ryan a little bit there. So, Emily, I don't know if you can fill in a little bit about what he what he really said about what Bill Oakley, our guest, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, on the podcast, what he
4: had said. Um, I don't know if I would do it justice. Uh, Ryan and I kind of take on different roles in the restaurant, and he is much more in tune with the reviews. I kind of tune it out. Uh, that's the way I maintain. And I don't read any of the um, the Yelp or the reviews themselves um when certain issues come up he'll talk to me about it but if there's like a way that we need to improve but Brian has his own opinions on yelp
1: reviews (laughs) right well and those things are gonna those things if you just get an outlier on that you don't have to react to that so it, you know, and mm-hmm. you're running a pretty smooth machine there. So it's got to be something you hear over and over and over again, and that doesn't exist. I would imagine. I'm not reading your reviews, but I would imagine Ryan is catching that if it were ever to happen, pretty soon in the ballgame.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yep. Yeah, uh, save yourself some time. Don't read our reviews. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's a deep dive.
1: <laughs> well, sometime it may be interesting to see, but I always believed you got you to throw out the top and the bottom. It's like diving, uh, scoring dives uh, or swim dive meets. You got to throw out the top and the bottom and look at the meat, and it's, it's all going to be there. Ryan, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your family. Uh, how many brothers do you have? Yeah, I've
3: got three brothers, four of us total. We, um,
1: Four total. So I know, I know Matt, but I, I've kind of heard about others, too, and I then found out about you after I knew Matt. So um, yeah. you all have a good connection to food. How did that happen?
3: Yeah, you know, when I was working in advertising, Matt was, um, he was doing his thing at Park Kitchen. He was working the line with Will Preisch and uh, a couple of the other guys, um, old timers there. Uh, R.I.P. By Will, the way, who's now I love at that a, restaurant.
1: Who's now now at Abbey Road Farm? Just so that people know. Yeah, because not everybody knows who Will Price is. They should.
3: They should. They, they should. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um. And I had always been interested in food, but just didn't know where where I would land with it. Um, Matt is more like the marketing genius brother. My twin brother John works in finance. He's like a CFO of a nonprofit company here in Portland. Uh, Darren uh, is another food guy. So he is the head chef of Depine Grinds, which is our food truck just adjacent to the drive-in, um, which I can't say enough good things about. Darren is really crushing it over there. It's been open for, you know, on and off for over a year, um, but just reopened for the summer. Uh, spring and summer and he's just the food he's putting out of there is just astonishing to me so i um, really happy to see him doing that these are some classic domingo family recipes that um, we've always wanted to see served you know on uh on the big stage i guess and uh it's, it's just really fulfilling to see that happen but yeah we we so am um, I,
1: I don't mean to i don't mean, mean to presume but did your family come from hawaii because that's what you're doing in that truck and when you say classic family recipes let's assume that's where it was coming from
3: yeah um long story but i'll keep it short my grandfather was born in Ilocos norte in uh, the philippines and he moved to Kauai. and my dad was born there in keikaha it's one of our favorite places to visit here and um uh, then my dad and, and uh, my grandfather and the family moved to Orange County, then found their way up to the Bay Area. And um, yeah, me and my three brothers were born there in Los Gatos, but just made our way to Portland. We all played soccer at the University of Portland, actually all at the same time. Um, wow. So that was a really fun journey. And we all got our business degrees there, And uh, except for Darren. Darren moved back to the the Bay, but uh, we kind of just all came back to Portland, finally. My parents were up here too in Lake Oswego.
1: Wow, that's very cool. I'm feeling like Henry Louis Gates a little bit we're, and, uh, discussing how you two met. I don't know if you've seen Finding Your Roots, but I kind of enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, is, that that's great, and you're all still close. That's, uh, that's pretty cool to hear. And I know Matt just had, Matt's life has changed a little bit in the last year, mm-hmm. right?
4: Yeah, so Matt has a a daughter now, and um, we have, we're so blessed. We have um, four nieces and one nephew between all the brothers. And Grandma Domingo lives up here, too. I think she just celebrated 92. Wow. Is that right?
1: Um, Yeah. I think 92. I don't even know if this is politically correct anymore, but is Grandma Domingo looking at you two saying, excuse me, is it all restaurants (laughs) for you and dogs or, uh, you know, are are you able to even think about that? And is that it's none of my business. I'm not I'm not even supposed to ask that. You can't ask that on a job interview, right? This is not a job interview.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we had.
4: uh, Yeah, we
3: had big ideas at one point. um, In that regard. Uh, and then we we've got a staff of thirty employees, and uh, realized that these were our kids now. And um, who knows? It's not off the table, no pun intended.
1: Okay. Well, no, that's good. And I was I was gonna say your staff are your kids, and you're taking good care of them, so that's great. Mm-hmm. So let's um, talk. I'll just I want to, you know, you two, as I said have deep roots in the food scene, so you must have some favorites that are still around where you like to go when you have a moment. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about some of the places that you like to go? We always like to hear those. That's what I've been doing for 12 years, is hearing the people who know talk about where they like to go. Sure. Yeah. Emily, you go for it.
4: Oh, well, I would just say my favorite right now, um, we we spend a lot of time in Montevilla uh, eating, and uh, Lazy Susan is the number one for us.
1: Yeah,
3: Andrew and Nora there, uh, just doing amazing, you know, neighborhood comfort food, super approachable, really delicious high end. We went to eat in an Astral pop-up recently. That was amazing as well. Can't say enough good things about Astral johnny and lauren there fantastic uh gato gato uh we really miss eating pock pock food i can't say it enough though golly i, I wish that was yeah. still there well
1: you're gonna have you, you might have to go to thailand and just have a <laughs> variety of places that are like that but so any so were you done with your list uh, no, I've got some
3: others. Uh, we love going to Good okay. Coffee in Troutdale. If you guys haven't been to the new location there in downtown Troutdale, Good Coffee, mm-hmm. the Purvis Brothers, Sam and Nick, doing amazing things for for the West Columbia Gorge. So we're happy to have those folks. Just uh, a stone's throw from the drive-in. We also, whenever we get a chance, we're headed to Cascade Locks to go to East Wind Drive-in. Uh, just a little family run spot there. One more,
1: one more time. You you cut out a little on that, so let's make sure we hear
3: it. Yeah, East Wind Drive-In, Cascade Locks, East, uh, classic burgers. East Wind. Uh, you know, fries, shakes, serve ice cream. Uh, we love that sort of uh, nostalgic visit there. It's someplace we used to go to in college as well, so we love that place.
1: Nice. I think that's a pretty good list. I appreciate it. Um, So, uh, how long are you spending in Hawaii, and uh, I I assume that your kids back at the restaurant are looking forward to your your return.
4: (laughs) Um, Yeah, we just have a couple more days here, um, and then we'll be headed back on Thursday. Uh, we do miss our team back at the restaurant, but they're doing such a great job. It's been a really busy week because it's been in the high 70s um, or mid 70s in in Troutdale, at least uh, this last weekend. So they were they were really busy, but they didn't run out of anything and they did a great job. So um, we're super proud of them. And it, it's nice to know that, like, we don't have to. Be super involved all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. How often are you checking in? I'm curious as to how uh, how you're able to just enjoy yourself and relax without thinking we need to know what's going on. Or do you only hear when there's a, a little problem, do you get a message on that?
4: They are keeping us out of the problems. Um, they're just problem solving themselves, which is really helpful. Um, they do. We do read, like, the shift log every day. Um, and that way we can just check in but not be overbearing either so that's really nice i think everybody's appreciating it
3: i've been checking in quite a bit more than emily but uh yeah i won't i won't (laughs) say more than that
1: (laughs) well well you have the system you have the system down so um Mm -hmm. uh i just i had a thought i'm gonna mark this and uh lost my train of thought there where I wanted to just I, I want to let you go I want to release you so I wanted to have a segue oh I know what it was good um, so we know you're busy and you're crowded do you have a suggestion for our listeners as to maybe the best times to come and maybe what they might want to some some special things that you recommend uh, that they order as well so uh, are there Times to go where they, there might be a less of a, a line than others.
4: Well, one really cool thing we have is um, we have an online ordering system. So um, you can skip the line and order online uh, at ordersugarpine.com. That usually gives you the best indication as to how long the wait is as well because it will give you a specific time when the food will be ready. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I would... Definitely suggest that. The only thing, ice cream, you can't order in advance because obviously ice cream is a made to order thing. Um, So you do have to do that in person uh, through the drive through or in the line. Um, But yeah, I would just suggest that. It gives you the best idea because it does fluctuate and uh, definitely based on weather and sunny conditions, it takes a little bit longer. Uh-huh. um but uh come anytime it's a it's beautiful you can walk down to the beach if you're have a longer wait or uh check out glenado park which is just adjacent to the building uh there's lots of like beautiful things nearby and like you said you could go to thousand acres or do some other hikes as well
3: yeah and chris i just want to say uh you know we're so grateful to the local community and the portland community and the rest of the oregon community for supporting our business and coming out to the drive-in it's really like we've been in the middle of nowhere out here just kind of like hoping for people to continue coming we feel really grateful um that we've received the support that we do um we're open thursday through monday from 11 to 5 thursdays fridays and Mondays are a little bit more manageable, but we always just try to let people know to um, embrace the line. You know, it's like part of the experience. You're out right on the river, um, just sort of enjoying this uh, experience that we try to put together. And um, I think it's fun, even if it's busy.
1: Well, no one should really be in a rush when they go out there, right? So they're, they're going out there, there's nobody that's gonna be, I gotta get out of here soon. If you're coming out to Sugar Pine, you're, you're in that mode. You're in a, a more relaxed mode. And so I think I, I agree with you. And I think the fact that you ha- you're able to order online satisfies the people like me who sometimes want to just get out and go do what we want to do. So th- that is fantastic. So all the particulars, uh, Instagram, website, all that stuff, share that. And then uh, we'll let you go. Enjoy your morning in, in uh, Kauai.
3: Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. Um, check us out at uh, on Instagram at Sugar Pine Drive-In. Same for Facebook. Um, also, go to our our, our website goods, uh, sorry, sugarpinegoods.com and check out all of our retail sauces. They're also now available at tons of retail stores in the local area. We've got our signature Sunday sauces, our miso caramel, honey hot fudge, blueberry lavender sauce for sale, and now we're also launching our uh, flagship barbecue sauce at New Seasons in the coming week. Uh, it's called Sweet Smoke Barbecue Sauce. We also have what's called a Northwest Wonder Rub barbecue spice that we're selling exclusively at this point from the drive-in. Just an all-purpose barbecue seasoning with wild mushroom powder, good coffee, uh, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir grapes, cocoa, tons of herbs and classic barbecue spices. It's awesome.
1: Wow, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. Thank you for that heads up. You know, also I was gonna say, I pay, I pay attention to what Food Dude does, right? So he's how I first learned about the fact that there was a food scene in Portland. And I saw him discover Sugar Pine and go there like three days in a row. Uh, when he did, so I thought that was pretty cool. But I'll tell you one thing: of all places that have opened, there have been a lot, of, a few places that opened that have had a buzz. But in the last four or five years, I don't think you know if you're going to rate the places that had a buzz on social media. I have, I think you, it would be safe to say Sugar Pine was uh, up there at the top uh, all along. So um, thank you so much, both of you. I really appreciate your you're stopping in at seven in the morning, your time, um, which probably is a record for anybody doing the podcast in terms of how much out of the way they (laughs) went. So both of you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, I'll look forward to saying hello in person. If you're out at the coast and you're always welcome out here too, we have opportunities. So, uh, if you're out at the coast, love to say hi, but I really appreciate it. And I, want to thank you again for being listeners. That's something we, we appreciate too. Eight years we've been doing this. So uh, we finally okay. got you on the podcast. Finally. So thank you very much. Have a good day. What do we say out there? What, what, what is the Hawaiian? What should I be saying in Hawaiian right now to you? Aloha. Aloha. Yeah. Well, aloha, yeah. But isn't it, is that a goodbye as well? Yes, it is, I guess. It but is. There's something else. There's something else that I have heard that indicates have a great day or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm unaware. <laughs> I am, obviously. So, um, yeah. thank you. thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Hey, Chris.
4: Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate being yeah, here. it was our
1: pleasure. Uh, thanks. All right. Uh, my pleasure.
4: Until next time.